Welcome to the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast with Steve Warren and the coach, Greg Kennedy. The Brinkett with a goal in the game. Comes in on Swayman. On the forehand, the Brinkett geeks. Scores! And that would be the only goal of the shootout in a wild, entertaining affair. Sends beating Boston 3-2 in a shootout on Tuesday night. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast. And happy holidays to everybody. It's Steve Warren along with the coach, Greg Kennedy. And uh, lots to get to today here in the course of the show. But uh, that big game against Boston is, uh, I think, simmering in the minds of most Sens fans. Greg, how are you today? Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you, Stephen. I'm doing well. Just looking out the window thinking this is a good day to be inside. Yes. Another yeah. snowy day. Yeah. Oh, I did it again. I brought up the weather. Damn, yep. I'm not supposed yeah. to do that. That's all right. It's all good. It's. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a pretty time-sensitive show when you get down to it. A lot of podcasts try to go evergreen all the time, but you know, you're dealing with a hockey season. You've got to be talking about uh, the here and now, and the here and now is that win over Boston, a 3-2 shootout victory. I mean, the Boston Bruins... They, I don't know, the Sens, they're kryptonite because that is a team that rarely loses hockey games. That is just their fifth loss all season long, and two of them have been against the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, and was and, and were those not, like those two Boston games, you could argue those are the two best games, excitement level at least, played this season. You might want to throw the, I don't know, the Ranger game in there at Madison Square, or you might want to throw a couple others in there, but I, I think those two Bruin games have been the two most exciting games of the season. Yep, right there for sure. I would say that, was it was it that the game where Giroux winds up with a slap shot on a breakaway at the San end of the Jose. game? Yeah, against the San Jose Sharks. That was a really exciting one too, but they've, uh, they've been few and far between, unfortunately, but uh, this one is definitely in the top three. That was a great hockey game. And the story of the game, I think we can agree, is Cam Talbot. Absolutely fantastic in that game. And I think we went into the season wondering, okay, is this a 1A, 1B situation? And out of the gate, Talbot's hurt, so it's not really a discussion point. I think we can agree this is not a 1A, 1B situation. Talbot has clearly wrestled the number one job here. Oh, for sure. And and regardless of Forsberg's health, uh, when both guys have been healthy, Talbot has been the better guy. There was, there was one stinker there last week. I think didn't he give up like four goals in the first period and a half or so, in mm-hmm. the half, first half of the game. But other than that, this guy's come here and and uh, some nights been absolutely incredible, but does what needs to be done to get points, to put points uh, in the standings. The, I go back to the Washington game. What a stellar performance that was too. And unfortunately, didn't get the win, but got a point. Um, and, and then again, last night that the team basically doing what had to be done to get a win and Talbot going far above and beyond that, doing more than what was required <laughs> to get a win. Uh, he, he's looked good and he's, he's number one here. Yeah. Making the saves he's supposed to make, making some saves that were crazy good in that Boston game. Yeah. I mean, his stats are clearly better. Right now, yeah. I mean, despite the fact he missed the first two, three weeks of that rib injury, he's now got more games played than Forsberg. He's got like almost half a goal against better than Forsberg. Save percentage, his is 915, Forsberg's is 906. So I think we clearly have a number one goalie here. And when you look at things right now, you've got two guys 
that were just absolutely studs in that game. Talbot was awesome, and Debrinket was awesome, and both of those guys are in need of new contracts. I heard the TSN 1200 postgame show talking about Debrinket, wondering whether or not he gets signed, given that they still need that top four defenseman, and maybe the money should be allocated there. To me, that's not even a question. Like To me, Debrinket has already positioned himself, and he's only 24 still, by the way. He's positioned himself ahead of a number of guys who already have big contracts. To me, I would rather re-sign Debrinket and move out one or two of those other big $8 million a year contracts. Um, that would be the better scenario for me, but I don't know. Where are you on that? I, I agree. Uh, Debrinket, now his goal totals are down. I think that's largely attributed to um, accustomed, getting accustomed to, to new line mates as far as being in the right place and people finding him so that he can he can score five on five. But his point production is up. He's he's on pace for a career year. Yeah. I, I think he's on pace right now for I want to say ninety. He well, he's, he's a point he's, a game. He's thirty three points in thirty four games right now. Yeah, so he's on he's he's on a pace for at least eighty two, if not more. Um, yeah, he needs to be signed. The problem is, I don't know that he has quite the same sort of uh, sense of urgency to sign a contract right now. If I'm him and I'm his agent, I'm not looking to get her done right now. I'm I'm putting it off. Um, that might be the only uh, fly in the ointment here. But but I agree with you. He he's the guy at his age with his production. He's the one that needs to be signed uh, as soon as possible, and and it's as best a deal as they can get. In the last 10 years, Eric Carlson is the only senator to crack the 70-point mark. And I think he's about to have some company here because you got Kachuk at 37 points in 34 games, Batherson with 33 points in 34 games, Debrink at 33 and 34, Stutzla at 29 in 30, and Claude Giroux at 29 in 34. Who would be your MVP among the forwards on the, out of those five right now? They could all make a pretty good case right now. Yeah, and I think that it would depend on what your criteria was, right? Like if you're looking at at clutch goals, you know, maybe you're looking at at I don't know, is Debrinket got more clutch goals than Batherson's got a hell of a lot of nice uh, important goals. Uh, Kachuk's got important goals. If you're looking at point production, you're probably looking more at at Debrinket or even Stutzla. Uh, but if you're looking at just a solid performance, night in, night out putting up points when they're needed, being a leader. Uh, I'm looking more Giroux than any of them, I think. How about you? I'm really torn between Giroux and Kachuk because they have the the full package. Yeah, that, that's that's the heart, the heart of the H-A-R-T of the heart H-A-R-T, right? Yeah, there you go. Uh, I think Giroux has just been, of those five guys, He's been the one that's delivered offensively, but he's also been so good defensively as well. Throw in the face-off mix, throw in the fact that he's mentoring the other centermen on this team. I think something like Shane Pinto's face-off percentage is like 10% higher than it was in his brief time in the NHL prior to Giroux's arrival. So um, I think across the board, he's been just fantastic, but not by a large margin. I mean, all, any no. five of those guys could uh, could lay claim to it. And uh, I give it to Giroud just for those sort of intangibles. But, uh, you know, you look at the situation right now with the four additions they've got with Talbot, Giroud, Debrinket, kind of the three big names in the summer of Pierre. Then you throw in the debut of rookie Jake Sanderson. Like those have all worked out unbelievable. Like all four guys right now, absolute studs for this team. And it, and it just makes you go, okay, you had that team 
last year that you were hoping to make improvements with, and you add four guys like that, any team that gets four guys like that who are playing like that, they should be shooting up the standings, but it just mm-hmm. hasn't been the case. But it's still been exciting all the same to see these four guys. Emerge. Yeah, and I'd add a fifth name to that because really Pinto didn't play last year. Right. So really you've added five guys uh, right now, four of whom are in your top six forward group, and, and arguably your best defenseman. Uh, you should be better. It's just a bad start again. And, and, and here we are. Yeah, they're starting to look better. They've certainly played better over the last little while. But uh, is this where we should bring in this stat here, Steve? Sure. What What is their? Um, I had this that they they went eight four and two since American Thanksgiving. Now this is up until a week or two ago because I think they're better than eight four and two since then. But basically, here's the thing: from from American Thanksgiving, their next uh, fourteen games, they went eight four and two. That was eleventh best in the league. Mm-hmm. And yet they went from eight points out of a playoff spot to after that stretch, nine points out of a playoff spot. And as of this morning, Tuesday, the 28th, they are 10 points out of a playoff spot. So it just shows you how important the start is, how bad that start was and how yeah. it's affecting you, that you can do that eight, four and two and you're further back. You're in holiday mode right now. It's Wednesday, the 28th, Wednesday, just for the sorry. record. That's okay. <laughs> we all lose track of the dates during the holidays. Just wanted to make that clear. But yeah, it's and that, that's the nature of it when you get off to a bad start. You're not only falling behind points-wise, you're falling behind as far as teams you need to leapfrog. And there's, if you've got like a great quantity of them and the Sens do in front of them, there's always going to be, of the seven or eight teams you have to catch, there's always going to be two or three of them doing exactly what you're doing. If you're doing good things, mm-hmm. there will always be two of those, three of those teams in front of you that are also doing those outstanding things. And it makes it almost impossible to uh, get out of a deep hole that you've uh, found yourself in in the first month for the third straight year in a row. And uh, and I just don't understand. I just don't understand why. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going over covered ground here. Why the yeah. Sens coaching staff has been allowed to do this once again and not have to pay for that with their with their position on the team. To me, that's enough of a sample size now where you go, okay, we need a coaching staff here that can get this team ready to start a season. You know, DJ Smith is by his own admission in games where they got off to bad starts. You know, that's on me as the coach. I have to have this team ready to go. And for three years now, you haven't had this team ready to go. Like, and, and it just brutal out of the gate. You know, later in the season, when all hope is lost, your team starts to play better. To me, that that tells me that this team is capable of better starts than they've gotten off to. I mean, October is supposed to be the easiest time of the year. Nobody's trying for playoff spots or laying out the way they are later in the season. And for some reason, that's the Sens' worst time. And to me, that 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 can't be. There's got to be some accountability here. And and I mean, I, I hate to say this after. Such a fun night. I win over the Boston Bruins, the best team in the NHL. But I remain on uh, get a new coach nation. <laughs> coach must go, bus. Exactly. Back to Cam Talbot, who was by, I mean, he, he was game. He was uh, first, second, third star in my book. He was the first star, of course. And uh, this is what he had to say after the game. I mean, that was a, that was a fun hockey game. Uh, a lot of big efforts from guys tonight. 
Um, never uh, an easy task going up against the, the number one team in the league after four days off. So um, give the guys a lot of credit. We battled hard tonight. So there's your game star last night, Cam Talbot, in conversation with the media. And by the way, uh, I have a feature interview with Cam Talbot in the current holiday issue of Faces Magazine. If you wanted to check that out, uh, you can go to facesmag.ca. That was a lot of fun sitting down with Cam Talbot for about an hour a couple of months ago. Anyways, um, so the official attendance is a storyline in this one. 20,016 at Canadian Tire Centre on Wednesday night. It's the first time we've had 20,000 fans in the building for a Sens game since 2016. And when people show up, you got to give them a game. You have to give them excitement. Uh, it's a bonus if you can give them a nice win. You give them an overtime or a shootout win, even more excitement. Those 20,000 people were entertained. They got their money's worth. I'm concerned that far too many of them were probably tickets that they got for Christmas. <laughs> but uh, that's a great night. Uh, there were a lot of Bruin fans in the house. So I was wondering if a, a bunch of buses of Boston Bruin fan club came in for the game. But still, a sellout, excitement. Home fans are happy. They go home happy. Let's buy more tickets, folks. Yeah, I think the Bell Capital Cup always helps around this time of the year as well. And I think there must have been a bunch of Boston teams in the tournament because you're right. There was no shortage of Bruins sweaters at the game. I would like to see a little more parental guidance at the end of the game as our pal Drake Batherson, uh, who was the third star in the game, presented the stick to uh, some Sens fans. He had some Bruin fans around and one of them basically just wrestled the stick away from one of the Sens fans kids and uh, tore up the stairs away with it. So I was like, you son of a... Yeah. Anyway, uh, Drake Batherson in the news in that he has now pulled off the longest uh, point streak for an Ottawa Senator in, what's this, 11 years? He uh, He's now at 11 games, had a couple of assists in the contest, and with his assist on Tim Stutzla's fifth power play goal of the year, Batherson becomes the first Sen skater since 2011-12 to record a point streak of at least... 11 games and that will be as a little preview a little foreshadowing by uh the source of oh. my sense trivia today brought to you oh. by kodiak security systems so now um, i get a little a little warm-up here i can think for the next little while if, exactly yeah I'd okay if i'm not listening to you and i don't come in with a relevant comment to whatever you say it's because i'm trying to think about this fair enough <laughs> when we come back on the show we're going to talk about the injury report it is long now and things are getting even thinner on the blue line we'll get to that and uh the end of a career for uh, a guy who had a memorable run several years ago. Andrew Hammond calls it a career. We'll get to that coming up after these words. Jim K. Ford Lincoln is turning 40, and to celebrate, they're giving you a gift. It's Truck Days, and to thank you for 40 years of support, Jim K. is offering up to $3,000 in factory order rebates. No matter what it is you have to do, make, move, or create, there's a Ford truck built for you. Come celebrate four decades of Jim K. by ordering your brand new Maverick, Ranger, or F-150 your way. Secure your order today. Get started at JimKFord.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes! Did you know Ottawa's very own Dunrobin Distilleries has been winning prestigious awards internationally for their spirits? It's true. Their gins won gold and silver earlier this year out of the UK, and their whiskey came in second place as the best Canadian whiskey in the country. Pick up some Dunrobin spirits today at various LCBO locations across the province or buy directly from their website at dunrobindistilleries.com. The Jim K. Ford Sends Nation Podcast. So 
So the Sens definitely dealing with injury issues. Nikita Zaitsev is the latest to go down. I know there's a certainly a big anti-Zaitsev faction out there in Sens Nation that is not going to be brokenhearted that Zaitsev's not going to be playing hockey for the Sens for a few games. But he got hurt yesterday. Lower body injury, DJ Smith says. He's going to be out for the next little bit. That's what we know. Jacob Bernard Docker, though, is on the verge of returning from a high ankle sprain. And so right now you've already got Dylan Hetherington in the lineup. So you have to call somebody up. And it's uh, a lot of people thought it was going to be Lassie Thompson. Were you surprised that it was Jacob Larson, the former Anaheim Duck, instead, Greg? Well, they've, they've gone to Larson more than Thompson already this year. He's got more NHL games played. Is that what it is? I I, I don't really know. I, I confess I haven't seen a lot of uh, Belleville Senator games this year, but Larson at least has more NHL experience, and maybe that's what it is. That's the reason to bring him up, although that doesn't explain him coming up uh, after Hetherington. I, I would assume Hetherington got the call because he uh, deserved it or warranted it, or maybe he's been the best down there, but then he came up for – a couple games like when they were out in Winnipeg, wasn't Hetherington with them, but didn't dress. So maybe it was, okay, you know, we kind of screwed you over there. Come up for this one and play, play yeah. now. So I'm, I, I mean, Ryan bonus is running that team down there. He's the director or sorry. Part of his position is assistant GM is pro scouting. So I, I assume the decision is based more on, on merit. I would yeah. hope and merit meaning that uh, Larson's been the better player. Yeah, I mean, in terms of NHL this year, I mean, they both played about the same in Ottawa. Lassie Thompson played two, Larson played three. But yeah, there's definitely a, a bigger sample size of of NHL work. But at, at some stage, I, I don't know, Lassie Thompson, you invested a lot in him. You invested the asset of a first-round draft pick. Jacob Larson is a guy you kind of was a reclamation project at some mm-hmm. stage. And Thompson looked good for stretches last season with the Sens. At some stage, you've got to start going, okay, is this another case of the organization not recognizing the readiness of somebody coming up from the minors? Because uh, and it just seems to make more sense to me. To uh, it's, it's not an ideal situation. Okay, maybe you aren't you aren't positive that Thompson's ready for prime time, but I know that Larson is what he is, and so I, I don't see you know in mm-hmm. what's a lost season. Let's be honest, that's what it is. In a lost season, why not get guys who have real pedigree, guys that you really invested in? an opportunity to get some NHL seasoning. Yeah. And if, and if it's a case of from an assessment standpoint, he is not going to be a, a regular NHL or at some point in his career, then why not bring him up anyway and showcase him a little and make a trade at some point. So not only is Zaitsev out, but of course, um, Eric Brandstrom has been out as has Artem Zub a lot. Zub has been out a lot this year. He's been, he's missed more games than he's actually played. You got Brandstrom's day to day. Zub is out until at least January 3rd. Zaitsev listed as out until at least January 3rd. Looking at the rest, Bernard Docker, like I say, is imminent. His return is imminent, and uh, he's still got a high ankle sprain. Matthew Joseph, as far as forwards, he tried yesterday, but not good, and still expected to be out until at least January 3rd. You got Rourke Chartier. Not that that's a huge issue. He's out until at least uh, Saturday. Tyler Mott out until January 3rd. Josh Norris out until January 25th. So that's a lot of guys on the DL right now. So um, it's interesting with with all these injuries, they still, you know, they they had a game like they did against Boston. They find a way um, when you've got a defense right now, last night anyway, with Shabbat Zaitsev, Sanderson Hamanick, Hetherington Holden. That's not exactly ideal. 
No, it was scary. <laughs> You're looking at that to start the game and thinking, oh boy. And then, and then you lose one of them. <laughs> It didn't look good at, at stretches, but then you're looking at it and say, okay, Boston traveled the day they played. So maybe, uh, you know, and they uh, maybe they got a shot here tonight, but I really didn't think they had much of a shot. And then looking at that lineup, I really didn't think they had a shot. So kudos to them for coming through with a win. Looking at the schedule coming up, it uh, it seems to favor the Senators. Not to say that any team, like literally any NHL team, is anyone that this team should be looking past and shame on the coaching staff if they're allowing the players to do that. Getting ahead of myself here. But <laughs> now first you got on Thursday night, they're going to take on the Washington Capitals for what seems like the eighth time this year already. Uh, then it's a road trip to, uh, okay, that was a road trip to, to Washington. Then the next game will be on Saturday in Detroit, another biggie. Then the Buffalo Sabres arrive in town on Sunday. The Blue Jackets are here on Tuesday. Seattle here on Saturday, and then you've got uh, Nashville and the Coyotes after that. Those are, by NHL standards, a lot of below-average teams, and those are teams, even though the Sens are in the below-average category themselves, those are the types of games you need to clean up if you hope to jump back into this thing. Oh, for sure. Like, like go into Washington and and find a way to get a point if you can. And then that's a serious six-game stretch, as you just laid out. Detroit, Buffalo, Columbus, Seattle, Nashville, Arizona, where, hey, let's win five. Go ahead and win six if you can. But I'd say you want to get serious. You want to show people you're serious. You want to climb over at least one or two teams in the standings. That's six games where they can really make hay. Let us close it out today with a little Sens trivia. It's brought to you by our friends at Kodiak Security Systems. And we're going to go mano a mano today. No alarms in this one. We're each going to ask each other a trivia question. And I'll let you start today. All right. On October the 2nd of 2019, DJ Smith stepped behind the bench, made his debut as head coach of the Ottawa Senators. Okay. Senators played the Leafs that night, as they often do to open their season. They lost 5-2. to two. Okay, that's not what the question's about. The question is... There were five players in the lineup that night for the Ottawa Senators who are still presently in the lineup for the Ottawa Senators. Can you name those players? Kachuk. Correct. Shabbat. Correct. Batherson. Correct. Did Branstrom play that night? He did. And the fifth one is, do you want a clue or are you, are you going to keep thinking? Um, a clue would be good. One of DJ's faves. Zaitsev. Bingo. You got all one. five, Steve. That's impressive. Nice. Nice. That is My really question. Impressive. Just, okay. I'm ready. My question is a one name answer. So, okay. with the assist on Tim Stutzler's fifth power play goal of the season. In that Boston game, Drake Batherson becomes the first Sens skater since 2011-12 to record a point streak of at least 11 games. Put your mind's eye in that season of 2011 and 12. Who was the last guy to have a point streak of 11 games? I believe the club record is held by Danny Heatley, but I don't think it would have been him in 11-12. No. I, I think he's gone. He was. He's probably gone by yeah, then. Yeah, so I was going to say he's gone by then. 
I'm going to go with Jason Spezza. Final answer? Final answer. You are correct, sir. Oh, baby. Oh, boy. That was something. Mano <laughs> a mano. Uh, we're going to have to call this one a draw, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, you want to win? You check out Kodiak Security Systems. Huh? Hmm? Huh? Keep your family and business safe and secure with Kodiak Security Systems. Proudly local, family-owned, and celebrating their 40th year serving Ottawa. They provide and install advanced electronic security systems and other life-saving services, all supported by a ULC alarm monitoring network. Make sure your family is safe at home and your place of business is secure 24-7. See them today at KodiakSecurity.ca, 2801 Riverside Drive. And as we head out the door today, Greg, with some holiday music here, keen to know about uh, maybe if you look back, because we all love to get nostalgic this time of the year at the holiday time, um, do you recall in your childhood your favorite hockey-themed gift? It can be anything at all. The one that most warms your heart here today in 2022. Wow. In Christmas of 77, I received in my stocking a, gu- a copy of the NHL Guide and Record Book for that season. I read that thing front to cover and knew everything inside and out in that book for years. Yeah. And uh, the next year I got the, the latest one again and the latest one again. And it has turned into a collection. The NHL Guide and Record Book first came out in the uh, early mid-30s. And as of today, I have every one but two in my possession in my personal library. It started cool. me on a quest. So there nice. you are. I, I go back to that book. I have one. One was a Habs jersey. wasn't even a very wasn't a very good one, but I was a Habs oh, fan. I've heard about this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like it looked like something that you got from a discount store. The, the thing was almost made of felt. Okay, it was it was not good, but I loved it. I was, it was too tight for me, but I loved it. I didn't care. Um, I also got a Phil and Tony Esposito hockey game, just little magnets. So picture tabletop hockey, right. and uh, you know, with the bubble over top. But this this particular deal was you have a magnet that you have on the top of the bubble, if you can picture this. And okay. That, and that magnet, you'd move around and, and touch the player, and it would you know magnetize the player, and then you'd move the player around with your magnet on top of the bubble. Wow. It was stupid and awful by today's standards, but I loved it so. And the third one is my dad, who passed away a couple of years ago, and I'm always thinking of this time of year, was... There was a week before Christmas where there's all kinds of hammering, hammering, bang, bang, bang. And I'm, you know, I think we asked him about what he's up to. I'm just up to him. He's got a little project that I'm working on. And then on Christmas morning, he takes me out to the driveway and he had made, he had made me a hockey net. Just made it a two by four wood and uh, chicken wire that was secured to the back of it. And again, you know, you can go to Canadian Tire or wherever and uh, and spend 80 bucks and get almost an NHL regulation net. But this was not... This was not those times. And so that my dad did that, put all that work in the week leading up to Christmas into something like that. And I used the thing for the next, I don't know, eight years on my driveway. Um, that was a special memory going out there. Like the old Canadian tire ad. It was like what I would have given to see my face that day. Well, what does that say about my dad, though? I mean, I got one. Remember, you used to be able to get a net that folded? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got one of those for Christmas one year. So what's I say about my dad? He just went over to the corner store and got me a cheapo folding net. You know? No, no, those were great <laughs> too. I got one of those. I remember yeah. uh, very fondly. But I can't sit here giving you my favorite twenty-five 
hockey Christmas <laughs> memories of childhood. But anyway, we hope everybody had a great Christmas and uh, all your Christmas dreams. Oh, that's a corny way to finish the show, but I'll finish. Your Christmas dreams came true, and uh, we really appreciate uh, everything you guys have done for us here in uh, in 2022 and following along with the show and being part of Sens Nation. And we hope you'll be with us again in 2023. We've got some pretty exciting things coming down the pipe, as they say. And so, uh, yeah, we look forward to being a part of it with you as the uh, as the Sens hopefully make a, you know, a Hamburglar-like charge. He had that fantastic special run, and he called it quits. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it in the last episode, but he, he called it a day. I thought Ian, or Pally and Mendez, maybe got a little out there with the throwing the question out. Should Andrew Hammond be part of the Ring of Honor for the Ottawa Senators? I'm not sure that a guy who played 40-some games for the Ottawa Senators would qualify. What do you think? <laughs> I think they should bring him back for a little... Uh recognition maybe on the anniversary of his original call-up that season just how, either he stands up in this crowd somewhere and waves or maybe bring him onto the ice for a, a puck drop or something yeah. but uh, some sort of recognition would be nice but uh, whoa hold your horses Harry and I don't think he belongs in the ring of honor no no 49 games just doesn't cut it even though that was a fantastic run that they had <laughs> to uh, get to the playoffs I do like that uh he inadvertently uh, takes a shot at the Leafs on his way out the door. Andrew Hammond's career games played total in the NHL will now and forever be 67. <laughs> All right, we'll call it quits right there. Thanks for being with us, ladies and gentlemen. Greg, we'll talk to you next time. For sure. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for being with us on the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and review. Share the show with your friends and followers or become a member on Patreon. Check out our website today at SensNationHockey.com.